Hey guys, I'm Adriana Austin, and thanks for joining me on Our Stories Podcast. Today's episode comes from the press room at CRS, so you may hear a little background noise, but hopefully that just brings you into the excitement and the buzz that is behind the scenes at Country Radio Seminar in Nashville. Today's special guest is the one and only Kaylee Shore. Listen in. With me, I've got singer, songwriter. She's on every watch list you can imagine. She's been dubbed the new Nashville by Teen Vogue. Please welcome Kaylee Shore. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here at CRS in Nashville with you. I have wanted to meet you for so long. I feel we're like on the same wavelength. And you, for me, are like the millennial voice for this next generation of female country artists. Such a nice thing to say. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I feel like you are one of those artists that's very unique that um, refreshingly will just speak her mind. Yeah, you know, I actually, I was having a conversation with my dad um, the other day because his favorite thing I've ever released was Time's Up with the song Suffragettes. And we wrote that after the Golden Globes and just feeling super inspired by the Me Too movement and what was happening. And my dad just loves that so much. And he said something to me that really stuck with me. And he said, I think there's two types of artists that are really important. There's artists who help people escape and there's artists who help people confront. And he's like, you're just a confrontational artist. And I was like, wow, dad, thanks. Way to go, dad. And I was like, you know, I think that that's just what I've been called to do. And there's definitely a period of time when I was younger but I felt like I tried to fight it a little bit because I wanted to be political and, you know, kind of tiptoe around everybody's feelings. And I'm like, you know what? Like, my first single was called Fight Like a Girl. I've been screaming about being a feminist from the very beginning. No one should be shocked about the social issues I care about, you know? So I'm just going for it. And what does... (laughs) being a feminist you know so it's like it's like the f word you know there's a lot of stigma attached to it which of course you know i've shed it is nothing but a positive thing it's not an exclusive thing it's for you know all women women of color it's for men you know that everyone should be a feminist what does that mean to you i mean the definition of feminism is believing that men and women have equal rights and i think that just the um the prefix of it being femme freaks people out um but there's a the what people think, the misconception of feminism is that it's misandry, which is hating men, and that's just as problematic. It's all about female and male energy being balanced, not leaning more one way than the other, because there's so many beautiful qualities about being a woman and being a man, and I think so much in feminism, we, we talk about, you know, women are intuitive and, and spiritual and really maternal and all these beautiful things, but sometimes we forget to celebrate men for being logical and seeing things black and white and being able to emotionally remove themselves from a situation to make the best call, and if you meet somebody who embodies all those, it's the most well-rounded person you can meet, you know? Um, so I think that there's just this misconception that we hate men and we don't at all. I mean, I, I write so many songs about them. Clearly, I like them, you know? Um, but I also don't feel like I should have to say that. I, this, yeah. What we're talking about is women's rights, and especially within the country music world, because it is just, like, it's really skewed towards one direction. And it's, it's heartbreaking to watch, but at the same time, seeing the wheels turning in a woman's head when she's seeing her career not going where she expected, and then being like, well, I'm just going to do this instead, you know? Um, it took Maren Morse a while to get full-on support from country radio. And then she had a number one on pop, 
and that's so much bigger, you know? And Casey Musgraves, like, you know, radio completely shunned her, and that was heartbreaking. As a Casey Musgraves fan, she deserves to be at the top of every chart, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people agree with me, because she won Album of the Year All Genre. And so I think that these women are kind of reassessing, and I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but they're, like, seeing that, okay, maybe a fleeting number one on country radio is not as important as winning Album of the Year and having the biggest song, you know, with the middle. I think that that's just so much more important. And, you know, Kelsey Ballerini with this feeling in the Chainsmokers. I mean, I don't think anyone in, intends on leaving country music, but they're seeing that there's the Margot Price route and there's the Maren Morris route. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I really think, I mean, you included, but all the women that you just mentioned are trailblazers and they're showing that we don't need to go the conventional route to let our music be heard and to be successful. And now you've also had a little bit of a to say unconventional, but I've never heard of artists doing this before. You and Jimmy Allen went out, yes. and you did like a tour in Walmarts around the yes. country. How did that go? That was so um, interesting and really cool. Like, I mean, it is, it's harder for a girl to tour as well, um, and that's, you know, unfortunate, but I had two really great tours I was on this year. I was on the CMT Next Women of Country, and then saw the love tour of Sarah Evans and Raylan, and then I got to go on the road to the CMA Awards tour. And that was so fun because we did 30 dates. We were doing weekdays. I mean, I was out for like two weeks at a time. So it's kind of like boot camp. Yeah. And Jimmy Allen is one of my favorite people. He's yeah. so great. And he got to come out for a couple dates. But seeing the fans come out to a market I'd never been in before was so cool. I mean, that one of the biggest cities I went to was one I'd never played a show in before. And there's like, you know, like 100 people there. And I was like, this is cool. They're not just on Twitter, you know. Um, and so that was really, really fun. But another really cool part of that tour is because they do the It Starts With Me uh, music education program through the CMAs. We got to go to high schools during the day and go perform for kids and talk about it because I was so impacted by the music program at my high school. I grew up really low income and I didn't have, you know, just guitar lessons at my disposal or instruments or, you know, anything that, you know, like leads to that. But my school had a really great music program. And we had guitar classes during school. So for a third period every day, I got to go play guitar. I got to go in a sound booth and write songs. And that was so important for me to do that every day. And I don't know if I would be here without my school being so supportive of the arts. And when I decided to graduate high school early to move to Nashville by myself, um, my principal was so supportive. And he just made it happen and moved around my schedule and so I could get all the credits to graduate. And just seeing, you know, my teacher be so supportive of that was really great and I hope that by going to the schools and talking to the kids we could inspire them to see that someone from anywhere can do anything. And that's so great to know that this component, I had no idea when you were on this this tour with Jimmy Allen that it had this component of giving back and of inspiring. I think music, as, as you know, it's so empowering and it gives people outlets for creativity and keeps them out of trouble and gives them a, a focus or a sense of purpose. So it's it's really fantastic that you're able to do that. Um, but be, being in Walmart, it's it's something that I miss very much living in the UK. We don't have Walmart. So it's like as soon as my plane lands back in America, I'm like, okay, we're going to Walmart. <laughs> And part of the reason why I love it is the weird and the wonderful yes, oh, that comes up. That now, did you expect, can you tell me about some of that weird and wonderful? I'm, I'm dying to know. You know. One of the most wonderful things was this beautiful TV moment I saw. Um, I think that the most cool, the coolest thing that came from this tour was seeing how diverse country fans really are. Yes. 
And I think that sometimes when you're in Nashville, you just forget who you make music for. And it was all ages, it was all skin colors, it was all backgrounds. I mean, I had this really beautiful girl come up to me and she was like, I am a black lesbian and I want to sing country music. I'm like, great, we need your perspective. There's, that's so important to see. Um, and But there's this one particular moment where I saw there was an older gentleman um, wearing a, a Bud Light shirt and he had his little granddaughter with him and then there was um, a Muslim mother and daughter wearing their hijabs and then there was um, a Korean family and then a little boy in a baseball uniform and I was singing and I don't think any of them really knew what the show there was a lot of people who were just walking by and they're like what is going on and they'd kind of like you know rubberneck and, and see what was happening but so they all kind of come in and they're watching the show and over the course of this song the little girl um, the, the Muslim little girl the Korean little girl and the boy in the baseball uniform were holding hands dancing together and I'm like trying not to cry on stage because I'm like what a beautiful tangible representation of what music can do and um, it was just such a powerful reminder for me and you know being able to talk to people I did a meet and greet at the end of every show met everybody who was there and getting to see um, you know what people thought of the songs and, and sharing their stories and and with a song like fight like a girl it definitely invites people to be very um, vulnerable and, and share their stories with me because they have a strong emotional reaction to it so I heard a lot of like really really powerful really crazy stories and um, just remembering that like that's who I make music for, like not rich people in suits. You know, it's it's easy to forget that until you go on the road and you're like, oh yeah, you're you're the reason why I do this. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And I think music, it is so powerful. And there's nothing else like it that can yeah. kind of bring people together. And that's what made me want to start my podcast, Our Stories, which is a celebration of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Because one of the elements of country that I love and that you do so well is the storytelling. And um, and not all of our stories are always being heard or that representation is there in mainstream country radio. But you're right. There is a very diverse audience. And I want to make sure that everyone feels represented or can I identify that with the stories that we share. So thank you so much for that. And speaking of, you've got your latest EP is Awake. Yeah. version of Awake. Yeah. What made you want to put that pop version out there? Well, I am in a really great place that for a while I thought was not a great place, but I've come around to it and seen how empowering it is and how much control I've been able to have over my career um, because I'm an independent artist. And because of that, I don't have to go in a boardroom and explain every decision I make. I, have, I talk to my team and we make it happen. And our philosophy recently has been like, why not? You know, why not do 30 Walmart shows? Why not um, release a pop version and a country version at the same time? And that's so, so fun to kind of challenge myself to do something because I'm, I'm a creative person and if things start to get stale, it's not good. You know, I always, like, if I get stuck 
writing um, on guitar and I find myself going to the same chords and I, I'm just getting bored of it, I switch to piano or I play bass or I, you know, start building a track and play synth or something like that. And it really helps me stay open and, and whatever. And I've, electric guitar has been really great for me writing-wise. But um, I spent some time out in L.A. doing just that, doing some soul-searching, stretching my, my limits and, you know, getting outside my comfort zone. And I fell in love with the process of writing pop music because it's you get to be a lot more um, just out there. You can kind of sing about some maybe edgier stuff, maybe just word it a little bit differently than you would in country. And it was a fun challenge to see if I could keep up. And I was working with this producer um, named Not Famous out there, and we wrote this really cool song, and um, I got some cuts on some other pop artist projects with the songs I was writing. But my manager and I were talking with the head of Radio Disney, and we were like, what can we do differently on this last part of Awake, and like, you know, just really just try something out of the box that no one's done before. We came up with the idea for a remix that felt really obvious to call Not Famous, and have him do it, and we had so much fun. We brought in Johnny Brenz from American Idol, who's a pop artist, who's fabulous, and just kind of did something we hadn't done before, and it was a little scary, but I jumped, and the fans have reacted really well. No one seems scared that I'm going to go pop. It's not really an option for me right now. I don't, I just don't want to, but it was so fun to get to try that out, and, you know, I'm, I'm performing that for the first time um, at the Radio Disney Country Let the Girls Play event. Awesome. So we're doing the first verse and chorus of the country version, then I put down my guitar, and then it hits, like, the pop EDM version, so I'm really Oh my gosh, I better be there to see that. That is going to be so much fun. But you draw inspiration from a variety of genres, don't you? I yeah, mean, absolutely. I mean, I have a Nirvana tattoo and I do country music. Um, and on this um, this album, so I'm working on my first ever full-length album. Yeah. Um, I start that in April and it's going to be out sooner rather than later. But I've just been, you know, going back to the songs that made me write country music and made me write the lyric the way I do. And some of it was country records. There's a lot of Dixie Chicks, a lot of Tim McGraw, um, and a lot of Shania Twain. But on the same end of the spectrum, there's just as much Nirvana and Third Eye Blind and a lot of Smart Set Show Crow. And I think you can hear that in a lot of my music, but I'm ready to like lean into that more. And I've just had a really challenging year. Um, it's been the best year I've ever had professionally and the worst year I've ever had personally, which is quite the dichotomy. Um, and I things by diving into music and so for the first time since high school I'm sitting on my bedroom floor crying writing a song you know and that's okay because that's what I do yeah and letting myself go there and writing with people I feel comfortable with um, and just documenting what this year has been and being honest with myself and my fans about it um, it's really dangerous to pretend everything's okay when it's not and I never want to I think you know being a role model is not necessarily what people think it is. It's not about never drinking tequila and never saying the F word. It's about... Because we never do that. No, no. Not last night. What are you talking about? Um, I talked to my publicist the other day after I left the media room and I was like, hey, good news. I only said the F word like eight times. And he was like, in print, you can do whatever you want. It's really great. Um, it just takes a little asterisk. But I digress. Um, you know, I just, I felt so free writing this album. Um, and I feel like that's what I want to be as a role model is show people that it's okay to talk about mental health and it's okay to talk about the rough things we go through because it helps us process it and feel like we're not alone. Yeah. And I've had a really interesting, colorful life. And there was pressure at the beginning of my career, mostly put on by me, to try to keep up with the, the bubbly stuff and, and be like, yeah, it's all love songs and daisies. And like, for me, it hasn't been. And that's okay. Because for my fans, it hasn't been. And I'm... Um, 
when I opened up about my sister's overdose, which happened in January, the outpouring that I got from fans who had been through that, who were either addicts themselves or an experienced loss of a family member or be a partner or anything like that, I was like, well, then I need to talk about it, you know? And just like my dad said, I'm a confrontational artist, I'm not an escape artist, and um, I feel really empowered in that and getting to con- you know kind of share that with people. I think it's important because you never know who you need to reach with a song like that. No, and I think, you know, people and uh, women especially were survivors and you never you never really know what is going on behind the scenes and especially these days with social media when everyone paints this perfect picture of life that just is not a reality. You know, for you to be able to allow yourself to be vulnerable through such a, a difficult time and then in turn, you know, empower others. People are going to be going through stuff. Um, we all do, but knowing that we're not alone in that, yeah. it, it, it can make a world of, of difference to someone. Um, so thank you for that. And, and I'm sure, you know, the fans' ability to be able to also lend some form of comfort to you, you know, means, means a lot to them as well. And um, speaking of social media, I must say... Your Twitter gives me life. Thank you. You crack me up all the time. You guys, if you are not following her on Twitter, if you're not following Kaylee Shore on Twitter, you you need to do that. You need that in your life. She speaks the truth. I feel like she speaks, if I were, you know, I've been married for eight years. I've got two wonderful kids. It's game over for me. But I feel like... Kaylee Shore is like my voice if I was st- <laughs> if, if I was still to be single. So I've got a few of her tweets here, and I just want to read this this one to you. Maybe you'll remember. In third grade, I had a crush on a boy named Casey, and he asked to borrow my lip smacker's lip balm. I gave it to him, and he ate it. I think about this a lot. True story. Are you still thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's so weird. Whenever I put on lip balm, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Does it taste good? Do I want to find out? No, he just... Yes, yes, you do. In front of everybody and just swallowed it. And I was like, Casey, weird flex. Like, <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> I think we need a song about that. I know. I just write a song. I just, like, put all my tweets in a blender and see what happens. Let's, like, sit on the floor and just lament this, the, <laughs> the loss of this chapstick. And then the, it, the, but then the intrigue, there's so much conflict here. I, I feel know, like it's perfect. I like, do I try it? Do I taste the forbidden chapstick? Or do I just go on my life? But when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what did she do without her chapstick? Because I'm like Napoleon Dynamite. I have chapstick in every bag that I own. Do you have a go-to brand? I go to chapstick. But listen, I, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I left my house, let alone the country, without my chapstick, but I did. So you better believe I was in the pantry of my hotel, like, as soon as I checked in, like, where do you have chapstick? And it was some, like, no-name brand. And I was like, what is life right now? But I was like, I have to get it anyway. So I've got it. And I'm like, oh, life is better. funny on Twitter is John Mayer. Like, I'm very inspired by his Twitter game. Yeah. But he tweeted something about the lip balm loop. And it's about how, like, the more you use it, the more you need it. And then you get stuck. And it's, it's, a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. I'm addicted. Yeah. I'm addicted, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. So I love that. Thank you so much. Now, Thank tell you. me, what's coming up for you next? What can all of your fans expect? 
expect? Um, so we're, you know, I'm really excited to have both versions of Awake out. The country video is part one, the country, or the so pop video is part two. Yeah. And it's the most dramatic video. I felt like I was Ariana Grande on that set. Like, it's just so dramatic. I'm on the wing of a plane How in the clouds. How fun? What? I cannot wait. So cool. I've never gotten to do something to that scale. I feel like most of my videos have been a lot more literal. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, candy was in a candy store. Fight Like a Girl was in a boxing ring. Um... He's just thought that into you was like following the path of a girl's night yeah. and awake is like a lot more conceptual, a lot more artistic, and it feels like a really cool part of my evolution that's happening right now. Um, so there's that, but now I'm really throwing myself into writing and recording my first full length record. Awesome. There's so many things to say. I'm like, Chapstick. Oh, yes. I'm having so many, like, such a hard time narrowing down the songs. I'm yeah. almost like, is it okay to Double album? a box set for your yes. first album? Like, yes, you know? of course it is. Why not? I'm so dramatic. It seems like something I do. Yeah. Um, so just writing that and just really being transparent and writing like I haven't written before and, you know, pulling a lot from Alanis Morissette and Cheryl Crow. I love her. She was one of, like, my first, yeah, I say grown-ups. It was the 90s and yeah. I was uh-huh. a little bit older, but when Jagged Little, she was, like, one of my first concerts. I still remember. It was She's so, much so fun. huge. And love it's her. so interesting to me because the two biggest-selling females of or uh, female records of all time are Shania Twain's Come On Over, narrowly followed by Alanis Morissette's Shaggy Little Pill. It's interesting because they're both from Canada, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and You're practically from Canada. I know. That's what, yeah, that's what someone said to me the other day. I'm like, you You're know, honorary, so I'm close. Sure. I mean, you can just drive over the border yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. Um, in high school, everybody would go to um, Quebec because you could drink oh there. I did that in yeah. New from Montreal. It was mm-hmm. not pretty. Because you're like 18 and you can drink and yeah. you're like, woohoo, vodka <laughs> cranberry, you know? Um, but so it's super fascinating to me. And then also, like, just like, I feel like if there's a spectrum between Alanis Morissette and Shania Twain, I'm literally exactly in the middle. Yeah. And I, it's just so funny because I just pull so much from those women. And um, when I'm making a record and I pick the, the records that I'm trying to channel for that, I just listen to them on repeat. So it's just been Jagged Little Pill. Also, so, I, don't, I feel like a lot of people don't know about this, but it came out in 2005 for the 10-year anniversary of Jagged Little Pill, and they released um, they released an all-acoustic version oh, wow. of Jagged I did Little not Pill. know that. And you know there was that hidden track on there? Mm-hmm. The acapella one? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I love it. I still sing it in the shower. The acoustic version of All I Really Want is like that down, 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 down. It's string, so it's like... It's so haunting. I didn't know that. And I feel like acoustic Jagged Little Pill is kind of like if Jagged Little Pill is country. So check it out. Amazing. i got to tell you, your song, Fight Like a Girl, every time I think of it, I think of my sister. I've got a twin sister. And when we were in fourth grade, this girl called me the B word. That's aggressive for fourth grade. It is. And this girl, I feel so bad because kids are mean, but we people people used to call her the the Viking because she was quite taller than all the rest of us. I'm like jealous as heck, you know. But when your kids, kids are mean, so they always pick on things that makes you different. Anyway, my sister snapped when the Viking called me the B word. And she took her down. Took her down. No one calls my sister. Da, 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 da. Hell yeah. And we I was like, a girl like that in our oh lives. my God. <laughs> She's got my back. But like the crazy, like it wasn't her. But yeah. it's like, it was just the crazy came out. And I thought, whoever tries to say fight like a girl derogatorily never saw yeah. my sister take down this girl. When we were writing this song, we wondered about, you know, originally the hook was supposed to be something like, um, I, like, I promise you my feelings won't get hurt if you say I fight like a girl. And we were like, 
dude, let's not even acknowledge that it's yeah. a negative thing. Let's just be like straight up like, if I like a girl, yeah, of course it's a problem. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Have you seen my, my mom survive breast cancer? Right. Um, you meet a woman who survived domestic violence or even just stood up for themselves. Like, that's fighting like a girl. Don't even, we're like, let's not even acknowledge that some people say it's negative because it's not, it's not even worth our time to acknowledge that. No, so. it's so crazy. Like when, when people call you, you know, like maybe uh, the physical anatomy of a woman and they kind of call you that in a derogatory way, I'll be like, do you know how strong that is? Yeah. Like, do you know like you know, how amazing totally. that is? Like, yes, I am that. Call yeah. me that because yes, that is I a good a thing. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. 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 I love that too. I know. It's so funny. And like, I mean, and then even if they call you the B word, you're like, well, I love dogs. <laughs> you know, like, loyal great. and true, good loyal to snuggle. And and oh, yeah. <laughs> great. All wonderful things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kaylee Shore, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule here at CRS to speak with me. I cannot wait to see what's coming up for the new Nashville. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore. And I'm Adrena Austin. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Our stories. stories. You've been listening to Our Stories with Adrena Austin. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kaylee Shore for being today's guest. Our theme music today is Awake. That's the country mix version by Kaylee Shore. Now, if you love Kaylee's music as much as I do, you can download her new EP, Awake, available on iTunes or wherever you like to purchase your music. Now, if you like what you heard today, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review of our stories. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for Episode 5. Jimmy Allen is back, and someone has given us the keys to Hogwarts. We'll be filming at the Warner Brothers Harry Potter Studio Tour in London. You are not going to want to miss it. Call